what does that guitar riff mean? It means it's time to settle in to another episode of our podcast, Essential Dynamics. I'm Reed McCollum, your guitar shredding host, and uh, I'm here with my good friend and teacher, Mr. Derek Hudson. Derek, are you on the line? Reed, I'm here, ready to go, excited about having Bruce Alton back with us today. That's good. I'm glad Bruce is back because he left us with hanging chads as far as I'm concerned. And uh, we've got to, we've got to, you know, delve more into that consideration of drivers. We're, we're a bunch of good Alberta boys, South, South Edmonton guys. And, you know, you got to get her done and we didn't get her done last time. Get her done. Get her done. Get her done. Yeah. Um, So Bruce drivers, um, how do we find drivers? Let me, let me just kind of up the question a little bit. I think that from time to time, an organization or maybe even a person in, in development in their life can get into a virtuous cycle. Uh, you know, we've referred to it as the flywheel before, where the driver generates things that uh, boost the driver. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering if, like, if, if we should always be trying for that. Um, and if, you know, trying to tap into a natural driver, find what accelerates a driver might be worthwhile for both, uh, you know, product sales, product development, product sales, and other stuff that we yeah. want to try to do. Well, well, thanks for, for having me back. I, I feel that, uh, yeah, our last uh, conversation, we, we kind of paused it, but there's so much, I think it's an important question to, to talk about drivers and, and, uh, uh, you know, as we discovered the last time, it really can be applied to pretty much anything in our, our lives, personal, professional lives. Yeah. And I, I do think, Derek, there is a bit of a virtuous cycle. And what I spend a lot of time thinking about is, you know, just practically, though, what can you do? Uh, like I'm kind of a systems person and, and I really want to get down to, I guess, you know, what are the drivers of coming up with drivers? Like, what can you actually do, you know, tomorrow or today for it? And, and I kind of thought back to my, um, you know, my, my background and career, and there, there's actually four things I came up with. And I, I'd love to hear your guys' uh, uh, thoughts on that. But I think if you are trying to, we, we talked about how do you come up with these drivers or identify them? We really talked a lot about pattern recognition. So it's really understanding the pattern of a business, whatever it is, understand, you got to understand the individual pieces, then you got to put all the pieces together and then you got to see the big, the jigsaw puzzles done. Then you step back and you realize which ones are the fundamental pieces, the drivers of that. And we talked about that takes for, you know, 30 could take 30 years in the case of, you know, recognizing it for our, our different businesses, if you're a CA or developing uh, new products. And, and so in terms of actually trying to accelerate that process, I think one, there's some really simple things you can do. And, and one thing that I realized is that if you just talk to other people, you know, so it's kind of that, you know, that virtuous cycle is, you know, we have this kind of an idea of what our personal, you know, what our strengths are, but we get so much more about talking to other people and that exchange of, of ideas. And I think that's, that's really critical is, and you're starting to see, you know, you're asking yourself, what are the drivers in your business? But if you talk to other people in other businesses, you ask them, and they have a perspective. And if you're really open to those ideas, I think it really is virtuous. There is this, this one plus one equals three where you start seeing the patterns um, you know, a bit, a, a bit more uh, quickly. So really it's kind of just exposing yourself to a bunch of 
you know, different areas as much as possible. And that just, for me, it meant reading a lot. And actually I got a lot of, a uh, lot out of business biographies. You just, you learn people like talking about themselves and you can kind of see patterns and successful people's lives. Maybe they don't talk about the failures, but the failures are really in, instructive uh, as well. And then of course, talking to your customers, you know, that that's huge, right? You need to, you need to validate what you're, you're trying to do and, and talking to, you know, to customers, colleagues, peers. And one just real practical thing is that there's, all these like peer advisory groups out there. So people belong to EO or YPO, or there's McKay CEO forums or tech Canada. And you join these groups and you join these peers and you kind of share your business, family, personal experience. You just share experiences. And I've been a part of these, you know, kind of informally with some friends and they're incredibly valuable. Like once you kind of get a, you know, the cone of confidentiality and you trust people, you can learn a lot. And I think that just kind of reinforces what you're learning in your own life. And so I think you can accelerate the process just by opening and learning more. So that, that's one. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I've got three others too. Yeah, well, that's a great one. And um, like, we totally like talking to people too. We're not so good about the cone of confidentiality because we're, po- <laughs> we're podcasting. True. But we don't, we're, the people who listen to us are all trustworthy. It's fine, right? So yeah, you can I'm trust sure them. they are. You can trust us, Bruce, really. You can, you can say anything. Uh, so, so one of the great things about that exchange of ideas, you know, obviously is when we're talking about drivers, we're talking about our assessment of a cause and effect. And um, if you, if you want to see if it's real, it's nice to look at it from a different angle. And, you know, we can't take ourselves out of the equation. Yeah. So it's great to have anyone. And sometimes the question is, Hey, do you think this is a driver? And often like your, you know, your course of study, it's, it's not that you're still looking for patterns, mm-hmm. but you're getting these, these different viewpoints. Well, different inputs. That, that cause and effect statement is really important because one of the other ones I think is really important is to, you need to be able to articulate what you think that driver is. You've got to be able to articulate the equation, the cause, the effect of what you think it's going to be. So that hypothesis of your driver, you're really, you need to validate it or invalidate it, right? You need to test it. And one way to test it is, is, you know, is just to throw it out there to get feedback on it. So part of the challenge I think is how do you articulate it? Like how, how do you, how do you like the ability to communicate, like, take something that's really complex, simplified a few key drivers, that's really hard. So how do you communicate yeah. it? I think one way to do it is just to do it, just get yeah. it out there and talk to people and develop that skill set on the communication piece. And then it's more easy. If I tell you, you know, 30 seconds on something and you can give me some feedback as opposed to, well, it's, you know, 30 minutes, you know, it's, it, you've got to be able to communicate. So I think that coming up with a hypothesis is one thing, but actually testing it out, is critical and you have to be able to communicate it effectively. So I think that's, that's very important as well. Well, let me, let me catch on that. Even the fact that there's a hypothesis um, is a, is a step that most of us don't want to take. Right. Like a lot of people, like they don't want to make the, take the position. They don't want to explicitly state the cause and effect. It's kind of like, you know, maybe this is is super random, but, I think I read a survey that one third of Canadians, their retirement plan is to win the lottery. <laughs> I have heard that. I wonder if that, I hate, I hope that's not true. Yeah. But but, I have heard that too. But to make, to make that into a personal hypothesis statement, you know, I think that I will win the lottery and live off the earnings for the rest of my life. When you state it like that, you're like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think so. Like, so even just the act of, you know, 
saying it or writing out the statement and saying, you know, cause effect, and then step back and say, do I really, do I really think that? So, yeah. And so, then you so can th- break it down into, into pieces. Yeah. So there's a, but there's I, a, I also had read earlier in other with conversations with other people. And also I think with you, Bruce, last time we talked, uh, we were, there's often been mentioned that the drivers can only be seen or are best seen in hindsight or to look at and go back and say, Oh, those were my drivers. Is it profitable? If that's the case, if that's the case to say that drivers are, are best recognized in hindsight, then is it profitable to recognize them in the present tense? Is it necessary? Yeah, absolutely. It's not, I think it's, it just seems obvious in hindsight, you know, you need that experience. Well, yeah, of course it's, you know, you doing this for 30 years since intuition, like I don't even have to think about it. So I think it's just obvious in hindsight, but I think it's, you can, if you can recognize it sooner, earlier, it's incredibly powerful. It's kind of like the compound in interest piece is that you can accelerate your business much more quickly. If we yes. only known, if I'd only done this or that. And so kind of this is all, I think is also related to uh, like, it's very complex. So we don't see, we don't recognize it because there's so much noise and there's so many things going on. So I think another kind of an interesting idea is, are you familiar with like the term mental models? You know, like the, I mean, I, Derek, I know I ima- you are. I imagine models all the time. <laughs> Mentally. Yes, of course. Yeah. Well, okay. That's good. So yeah. things like, you know, the Pareto principle or Peter principle, whatever, just like, they're just rules of thumb out there. And uh, I think that I, I start, I realized that I you know we use these subconsciously, but I think if we're more conscious, actually understand different mental models, what they allow us to do is to understand really complex situations quite simply. There's kind of that scaffolding that allow us to understand something and they act as this filter for all the noise to allow you to see the signal in the, in the noise. And so one just, as uh, like just before this morning, in fact, I was dealing with a startup and they've really complex sort of business and they've got all these things going on and it was pretty complex. And so there's this kind of one of these mental models is the multiplication by zero. And so it's basically what it is, is that if you multiply seven numbers together, you have seven you know variables in equation, it can turn out to be a really big number. And that's what the startup was doing. They had all these individual pieces and if they do it all really well, it's, they're going to have a, it's a lot of success, but if one of those numbers is zero, the answer is zero, right? You multiply anything by zero, it's zero. So the point I was trying to, I use this kind of mental model to communicate to them and say, you know, if any one of these individual things fails, everything fails. And they're like, Oh yeah, that you're, you know, that's something we really got to pay attention to. So it's just kind of an example of a mental model. And there's a guy I don't know if you, I mean, I might even mention in an earlier podcast, but there's a fellow by the name of Shane Parrish who uh, has Farnham street blog yeah. and he's actually yeah. written a book. I actually even have it here. It's called, it's called the great mental models. And it's been really helpful for me to like, just read through them and understand them. And they kind of allow you as a filter for it. And so I think it, it allows you to take all those puzzle pieces, the thousand piece puzzle, and then it allows you to kind of say, let's get rid of the noise here and come up with a fundamental one. So I think that the mental model concept is actually something that is, that is, can be very valuable. You can learn them and you can apply them and it just acts as a filter kind of scaffolding for, for thinking. Okay. So Bruce, this is a very meta conversation now for a couple of reasons. 
One, because you told me that um, when it's just like over a year ago and I came up with one and it's called essential dynamics. And we're talking about frameworks that a bit different than a framework. I said, you needed a framework. Yeah. And so mental models are different. They're kind of mental models are widely accepted. They're like rules of thumb. Right. But there's, but there's a relationship between them, right? Because it is, it is a filter and it is a way of talking about things. It doesn't solve the problem. It's not the same as the Pareto principle, which I was reading about this week. And uh, we're going to, Shane wrote two books and I started with the second one. Just announced the third. Uh, which was, um, which is on physical sciences and the models yeah. that we learned from those. Yeah. I've, I haven't read the first one yet, but I'm going to plug Shane's books on a podcast because I would like to be on his podcast to talk about essential dynamics. Yeah, wouldn't we all? So, you <laughs> yeah. know? so hey, yeah. there's that. Um, but the idea, and, and so drivers is part of the mental model which is, you know, this is something that we say is happening. Um, and then we look for it and then we see what we can do about the world because we're looking for or trying to advance a driver. Yeah, right. And there, I think there's a, a second part of this, which is just as important. And it's, it's, uh, and it kind of goes back to Shane Paris talks about this too, is like, but analyzing those, like we're kind of speculating what the driver might be in a business and how do you analyze it? Like, how do you know it's the right driver? And so Derek, you'll remember when we shared an office at that company, we had a director in the business who was old guy, who older fellow, who was a successful business person. He had a military background. Concept of the hot wash up. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. And so the idea was uh, read that, that uh, in the World War II, these bomber missions would go from England and go over to the continent. They'd have their bombing run and they'd come back and they would do a hot wash up. And the hot wash up was basically a debriefing while the plane was still hot. And they just did a very quick review about what went right, what went, what went wrong, just as a quick analysis of it. And I think that's really, really important is that we're speculating what a driver might be or what my framework is for product development or essential dynamics. We need to test it. And we don't do a very good job of actually testing these things. Like we need to actually analyze them right after they happen. And I think if we did that with everything in our business and, you know, and how we run our businesses, if we did a better job analyzing our decisions, it actually would play, uh, uh, it actually, I think it helps accelerate the whole process of, of coming up with the drivers. But if you're doing a hot, excuse me, I'm I'm still stuck on the hot wash up only because I knew you would be doing a hot, uh, if you're doing a hot wash up, isn't it obvious that I mean it's better to be doing it than than to be shot down in in France? <laughs> so and, so something uh, went well. So something, yeah, something went, went well. well. I mean, you wouldn't do it if you're shot down in France. That's yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, if you're shot down in France and somebody said, "Well, let's do this hot wash up now," I don't know. I think they would they would be uh, laughed out of France. So. Uh, well, I, it's, you know, it's an obvious thing to do to do that quick analysis afterwards. Like it's common sense. How many people do it? Doesn't get done that much. Yeah. yeah. Like we never, we, so it's the matter of discipline of actually uh, doing it. So, okay. so the, the, the mental model I use on that one, Bruce, I used to have hot wash up, but since I took some Roy group training, it's the feedback model, three questions. Yeah. What went well? We came back from France. What was tricky? Uh, 17 holes in my B52. <laughs> And what would you do different? Uh, I would uh, not go I, to France. Not go to France. <laughs> That's right. 
I would run away for the army. Take, yeah. take out that uh, anti-aircraft battery and then we'll go again. Uh, so, but for Bruce, it's an excellent point. I know one of the things that you're working on in many in product development is let's get that minimum product out and get it tested and get feedback on it. The build, uh, measure, learn loop. Yeah. Minimum or, viable product. Or in, uh, in um, TQM or whatever it was, plan, do, check, act. And the, yep. check is, the check is pretty important that we do stuff. Um, and Reed, we were talking about notes. Yeah. After a, pl- after a player rehearsal, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking in those lines too. I, I'm thinking this is something we do do. We do a hot wash up after every rehearsal. Yeah. 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 And so, and it, so, but it's not as, it's not as common. It's not as in, baked into the way we do stuff. Um, I was just thinking about the iteration. You have three kids. I have four. Uh, you know, you keep trying to get it right. You know? Well, I have a friend who I ran into recently. I went to high school with he's, in his mid fifties and he has a two-year-old and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't even fathom having a young, young kid now. But he said, cause he actually had a children, adult children now from a previous marriage. And he said to me, he goes, yeah, well, I kind of get a do over. Cause I don't think I did a very good job with the first kids. So now, <laughs> now I, I love them dearly, but now I get to do it right with my two-year-old. I'm like, okay, well, that's yeah, one way of looking at it. That's one way of looking at it. Uh, so Bruce, uh, you said you had four things. Remind us what the two are and see if we can get the four before we run out of time. Well, one was always be learning. The other one was the, the mental models. Uh, the third one was the hot wash up. Okay. And then the fourth one we actually talked about, it was just kind of a testing, like always try to test the hypotheses that you're, you're out there. And it's, I find that, you know, when a, a driver or all these things we're talking about the hot wash, well, that's obvious. Like it's, it's like so obvious or like, well, why am I paying you to help me with this driver? That's obvious, but it's actually really difficult to get down to that obvious piece. And I think to do that, you've got to communicate it. You've always got to be testing it. And then you kind of narrow in, narrow in, and it does, does take a long time, but I think that's maybe a sign of a dry, an actual drive in your business. It's really obvious when you, you think about it, but it Once takes a long to time it. to get there. And it holds up. And so, you know, we talked about setting the hypothesis. One of the great things about, um, a hypothesis is you have to f- formulate it so it can be tested. Yeah. It has to Absolutely. be something that you can test and then have feedback where and say, Oh, we, you know, we didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. You have to, you have to predict what you think is going to happen. And then how do you test to validate or invalidate that, that hypothesis for sure. It's scientific experiment. You, you know, I use that with, uh, with companies trying to explain um, why you would want to forecast your financial results. It's not because you can predict the future. It's so that you have to pin something so you can say, well, it didn't happen because, and you got to kind of own it as opposed to just explaining, you know, the randomness of, of the world doesn't make you a manager. You're only a manager when you say, I'm going to do this. So this happens. And then, and then do your wash up and say, Oh, it didn't happen. Well, and I think that for, uh, for, uh, you know, I ask a startup, show me your business plan or your slide deck. And I know it's going to be wrong. Like they never come true, but actually I want to understand how they think because when it doesn't turn out the way they thought, do I have the confidence they have the ability to pivot along the way to do something that that is going to work. So it's the business plan or the slide deck is more about how are you thinking about it? Are you good at pattern recognition? All the things that we're talking right. about, they're really valuable skills that, uh, that young people should learn. I wish I learned, I was uh, learned about it when I was half my age. 
I have one last question, Bruce. I want to know if you're ever intimidated by a particular challenge in a business and you do you ever say, well, I think this business you're right now doing as good as you can do. Uh, this is as good as it's going to get. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't know. I, I think that it, the thing that concerns me about any business that I've invested in or that I look at or advise, it really comes down to the people and, you know, are the right people there? Are the key people going to leave? You know, why do we put up with the people that are the pain in the rear end? You know, like we should have got rid of them sooner. Like I, I really, I think the biggest amount of angst that I suffer in any business thing is really people related. Well, thank you, Derek. We're going to have to uh, talk to Mr. Alton at some point in the future because uh, he's going to be prime minister. See, season three. <laughs> okay. okay. Do I get to come remember. back in season three? Bruce is going to be on season three. He'll be our first person to be on. Okay. Oh, I, I don't like know. That. Yeah. Like anyway, that. hey, Bruce, thanks so much. Great well, to be questions. on. questions. Thank you very great, much. It's great really, to be on the whiteboard really make you. me think. Awesome. No, so nice to have you here. Bruce, if people wanted to get hold of you, how would they do so? Uh, for product opportunity mapping frameworks that I have, they can go to www.product-mapping.com or they can look me up uh, on uh, LinkedIn. Great. Derek, same question to you. DerekHudson.ca is a great way to get a hold of me and I'd be interested in anyone's questions. Well, that's great. For Bring Griffiths Engineering in the studio, Bruce Alton was our guest and our guru of uh, di essential dynamics are, and all dynamics, really, but mostly essential ones. And that's Derek Hudson. And I'm Reed McCollum reminding you to consider your quest. <laughs>